had a rough couple past days. Uh, just haven't been sleeping, man. It's just sleeping has really... I don't know what it is because I'm not like, you know, I'm not stressed out. I don't have anxiety. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? You know what it could be? I could be just that I'm eating like a fucking horse at night. I just, I'm eat, I eat so well during the day. I just, I don't know what I eat. I eat, but I eat, you know, healthy shit. But at night, man, it's just like a fucking free-for-all. I don't know what the fuck is in me. I, like, I can't help. Like, I'm a fucking addict. Fucking candy and shit. But uh, I've nipped that shit in the bud the last couple of days. My girlfriend, she bought some donuts this afternoon. Oh, David. Compré los donuts para usted. Ah, de verdad? Ah, mu muchas gracias. Pero esta vez no quiero uh, comer los donuts. No, ¿por qué? Estoy tratando de comer un poco saludable, mi, mi amor. Oh, pero los compré para usted. Ok, pero esta vez, solo esta. <laughs> she doesn't speak English. It's better that way. You know, it's... Uh, I could talk to my friends on the phone and things like that, and she doesn't understand what we're saying. So it's... Uh, it's Our relationship is working so well that way. It's, it's <laughs> Just kidding, baby. Love you. She speaks English perfectly. Better than me. You're the best, baby. Um, yeah, she bought donuts, and uh, she asked me if I wanted one. I said, no, no. But there's a few left, I noticed. And uh, we'll see what happens around 11 o'clock at night tonight. I'll let you know. I'm going to stay strong. Discipline. My body is my temple. And so no shit I'm going to put into that. Or not as little shit as I uh, possibly can. I'm not a monk, you know. Anyway. Uh, yes. Yes. Now I remember what I wanted to talk about. Very important. Very important. No, these, these, these are... These papers are very important, Sal. Very important. Very important stuff. From the movie Platoon. Any of, you, any of you got that uh, little little obscure bit of dialogue? I'm full of uh, interesting little tidbits like that. Insignificant little tidbits like that. Um, you know, another insignificant little tidbit is... Uh, I, you know, it's amazing how I... How we, us as human beings tend not to do the things that we know are good for us and do the things that we know are bad for us. Things that waste time. Time suckers. YouTube, Instagram. I was never, I never fucking looked at YouTube ever till, I don't know, like fucking year and a half, two years ago and then it just fucking now I'm like, Fucking heroin addict. Well, maybe part of it has to do with I, I don't I don't have a TV, so I, I get my TV watching on YouTube. Watch my little clips of uh, 
news all around the world and whatnot on, on YouTube. Watch my sports highlights on YouTube. So, uh, But I catch myself going down this uh, hole, this fucking huge, wide, deep hole of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what. It's just, it amazes me, the shit that I'm watching. I catch myself watching it, and I'm, I, I can't stop watching. I'm watching something. I swear to God, I'm embarrassed to say it. Uh, all these videos on arm wrestling. <laughs> arm wrestling. Yes. I'm a fucking nut job. Arm wrestling. Not only that, I guess it's something to do with wrestling because like a month or two ago, I got into this, I went into this hole uh, I couldn't get out of, of professional wrestling. It's stupid. <laughs> and I got it down this rabbit hole of professional wrestling for like a week. So stupid. Such a time suck. And now arm wrestling for the past two days. I... You know what is interesting to tell you the truth, what 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 was drawing me I wasn't watching them wrestle. The pro wrestling. I didn't watch any matches of them. I was just watching interviews of these guys like outside of the ring of like guys that had been retired. And I guess the humanity of it all, the, the human condition of why these guys got into wrestling why they sacrifice their bodies, literally say, I mean, all, all these guys, you're in wrestling for 15, 20 years, you're, you're half cripple. All your knees are fucking shut, everything, man. You can't be 250, 300 pounds and doing all those fucking moves and shit 200 times a year. But what was interesting was why these, the type of person that got into this shit, you know, and the draw that, you know, we all as human beings, especially men, testosterone, we all want to be the man and whatever that means to us, whether the man is, I want to make the most money, I want to be the richest motherfucker, or I want to be the strongest, machoist guy, I want to be the guy that beats everybody up, that, that could beat everybody up, or I want to be the most handsome guy, and, and, you know, you see those guys who are so vain and they all got their shit, you know, and if you're a guy that, that comes on the on the downside of opportunity, let's just say, don't have much smarts, don't have much education, but you're 6'3", 250 pounds, what else are you going to do? And you have an opportunity, and you have a personality, and no matter how ridiculous it might be, to get that applause from whoever that applause comes from, I guess it doesn't matter. If that's the only thing that you get applause from, and they're going to pay you money, and that's the only thing you're ever going to make more than $40,000 in a year, let me tell you something, brother. You're going to do that thing. You're going to walk that line. You're going to pump that iron. You're going to pump whatever it is that you need to pump in your arm to get you to whatever size that you feel you need to get to to walk that line. And there are too many people, too many men in this world that can walk that line the way I walk that line. Let me tell you something. There's only a few people. That's my, 
that's my character, man. That's that's who I would be if I was if I was a professional wrestler. Gotta gotta put a little va- put a little bass in that voice. You know what I'm saying, son? Gotta have a little southern accent, baby. Cause when I'm down in Cancun with the ladies, drinking my pina coladas, con lots of women. Mujeres, they call them down there, down south. With that brown skin, baby. That smooth, oily skin, baby. There ain't nothing like it. And they only want to be with one man, baby. And you are looking at that man, baby. Ooh, it feels good being that man. Could you be that man, baby? No, you cannot be that man. Because there is only one man that can be the man. So, they all know this. They all know that they're killing their bodies. They are killing their bodies day after day, year after year. But they are willing to sacrifice that to be the man. To be the guy that all, that everybody's looking at. To walk through that airport and everybody knows who you are. And you're making the money, baby. And there ain't nothing else in the world that you can make that money doing. That's the interesting thing to me. Is how we are willing to sacrifice what we're willing to do to get what we think we want. To fill that ego. Because that's all it is, man. You're willing to sacrifice your body. You're willing to commit crimes to make that money to be the man you're willing to be a football player possibly you know have some catastrophic injury see uh what do they call it cte possibly by the time you're 50 have debilitating pain that you want to kill yourself But for those Sundays, and for those millions of dollars, they're all willing to sacrifice that. They know. But do they know? Or do they really think? Do they really think they're going to be the ones that get that, that end up that way? No, they don't. At the end of the day, that's not going to be me. Or, you know, a Wall Street guy commits insider trading, which today is just trading. (laughs) How much bullshit goes on? Please, man. How much bullshit goes on? I talked about that before. That's that's just, I I mean, what are they doing there? They're doing nothing. They're not building anything. They're not, what, what, what are they doing? Nothing. They're just buying and selling stocks. The company's doing all the fucking work. They're just making money off of buying it and selling it. Selling it, buying it fucking ridiculous making billions of dollars off of nothing but what we do what we're willing to do to make money to be deemed a success some people a lot of people are willing to do are willing to sacrifice it all just to get that sunshine just to get that light shine in their face and have their moment in the sun Drive around that convertible. I can understand it. I can. I, I don't judge. I, how can you judge that? 
You are who you are. As long as it's not, as long as what you're doing isn't affecting other people adversely. Because, you know, in this country, if you work on a forklift or you work at uh, Home Depot or whatever, you are a loser. You do what? You work at Trader Joe's? Uh, all right, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over here, man. I'm going to talk to this guy over here, man. Yeah, cool. Peace out, brother. Uh, man, money talks in this fucking country. I remember traveling in South America like 12 years ago. I remember going. I was having a shitty time, man. I was having a terror. It was the first trip I ever took where I was just having a fucking terrible time. I just, I, I started bringing all my problems from, uh, Los Angeles on that trip, man, I couldn't, couldn't shake it, and just one day, I was like, man, what the fuck are you gonna do, you're gonna be back in LA, one way or another, whether you're fucking depressed right now, or having a great time, uh, so why don't you just fucking decide to leave that shit, and it'll be there when you get back, no matter what, and I just realized, you know something, I, I just need I need to I need to learn something. I need to acquire something. I need to focus my attention on something. Stay in one place. And it just hit me. Well, it did it I was in, I remember I was in Quito, uh, Ecuador. Capital, I think it's the capital. Is it the capital? No, it's not the capital. I think uh Guayaquil, I think that's how you say. It. I think that's the capital. Guayaquil. And uh Anyway, I was in Quito. It's a beautiful town. Um, like I said, I was having a fucking terrible time. And I met this French girl there. And I was staying at this place. And I was having a coffee overlooking the city. Because the city is kind of surrounded by this these uh, this mountain range. It's beautiful. Having a coffee. Great. Uh, having a great. Uh, had a great view. And this French girl sits next to me. I'm like, oh, this is it's getting better. And we start having a conversation, and uh, you know, she starts getting up to go, and she's like, "Hey, what are you, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Nothing." She's like, "Well, I have a tango class that I'm that I'm going to in a half hour. You want to come?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" So I went to this tango class, and uh, had a fun time with her, and we walked around the city, and it just hit me: I'm gonna learn. To dance. I've always wanted to learn to dance. I suck at dancing. And I just spent a month in Colombia. And I love the I loved the country. And I heard from many people that this, there's this place called Cali, Colombia. That uh, it's like the, the salsa capital of the world. So I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to take a bus. I'm going to go back to Colombia. And I'm going to study salsa dancing. And I'm going to learn to be a good salsa dancer. I'm going to have something that I always want to do that, I'm, that I achieved. That's it. It just hit me just like that. And I did that. Next day or two days later. Actually, I think it might have been a week later because I, I, <laughs> I think I got food poisoning like two days later. And I was fucking sick as, sick as a dog. Anyway, um, long story short. I arrive in Cali, and the woman who owned the hostel I was staying at, who I'm still friends to to this day, Hola Paula, 
Um, Paula uh, told me, uh, well, I said, I want to learn the salsa dance. Where's the, where's the best place in Cali to go uh, watch, you know, just to see people dance and meet people or whatever. And she told me this place called, I think it was called Matraca. So I got in a cab and I drove like 20, uh, 20 minutes in this cab and I got this place and it was just fucking unbelievable. It was just like out of a time machine from the 1950s. It had all these beautiful posters of these tango dancers and salsa dancers. And it was just a magical place. I think they just celebrate like their 60, 60th or 70th year. This place called, if you're ever in Cali, go to Matraca. Fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable place. Full with magic. Beautiful people. I went there, I hardly spoke any Spanish. I met these people and they were so nice to me. And I was having a drink, watching people dance. And then all of a sudden, this couple came in and they were gorgeous. This girl, she was this blonde, blue-eyed, little tiny waif of a girl, beautiful girl. And the guy... He had his hair slicked back in a ponytail and he's dressed in this suit and he was handsome and he's smiling. Everybody knew him and they start dancing and they fucking, they danced incredibly. And uh, it was like in Saturday Night Fever because he's, the two of them are dancing and everybody's dancing around them. And then the music changes to like this faster salsa song. And they literally take over the dance floor. Everybody leaves. Everybody just parted like the sea. And it was just him and his girl. And they just danced. And that, they didn't just dance. They were like improvising and having fun and laughing. But just, you know, like such a high level of dance. It was beautiful, man. Just beautiful. And after it was over... Uh, this guy was at the bar with with this girl, and I came up to him, and in my best Spanish, I I introduced myself, and I said, "Hey, man, uh, I don't know if you teach Spanish, uh, uh, if you teach if you teach dance, uh, but I I want to learn salsa dancing." And he's like, "Yeah, of course, I, you know." He he spoke a little bit of of English, but he had such this personality, man. This guy was just so full of life. This guy, this guy was like, wow. His name is Oscar. And uh, so he gave me his card. He's like, yeah, call me and uh, I'll, I'll give you, you know, lessons. He was very happy to. And I'm like, great, man. I just arrived in Cali and I got like one of the best dancers in, in all of Colombia. He's going to teach me. I was like, man, this is great. This is a great idea. So uh, next day I gave him a call. And uh, I'm like, I'm ready. He's like, okay, great. But problem is my motorcycle is broken. I can't come over to your, your hostel. So we're going to have to do it another time. And I'm like, that's okay. Where, where are you at? I'll, I'll just come to you. And he's like, well, I live far. It's like, I don't care. I'm, I don't, I'm not working. I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm traveling. I got nothing to do. He's like, okay. So he gave me the directions. I had to take like two or three buses. It took me like an hour to get there. No problem. I get off the, the bus, and it's kind of, I, I notice right away it's like a bad neighborhood. Um, 
And he looks completely different. He's like in sweatpants and a tank top. And uh and I get off the I get off the bus. He's like, Hey man, what's up? And I'm like, Hey, he's like, hey everything okay? Yeah, yeah, great. And uh so he's like, yeah, follow me. And uh, we're walking to his place, go around this a couple turns here and there, and uh we turn this corner and there's there's this guy, some guy. <laughs> Just taking a piss right in the middle of the fucking courtyard. <laughs> and the, this Oscar's like, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? In Spanish, he's like, what are you doing, man? There's like kids walking around here, playing here. And he's like, oh, yeah. And the guy kind of slinks away. And, uh, and then we go into his house. And this house is like a cinder block built crude little, you know, nothing place really he you know really rudimentary you know concrete floors and you know what was so beautiful about that moment is that there wasn't an iota of shame there was none of like oh i'm you know yeah i'm the jig's up man you saw me at my best. I was like in a suit and everything. I looked like a million bucks, but this is how I really live. Bullshit. None of that. He was like, Bienvenidos a mi casa. Olga está aquí. Mi, mi mamá está allá. Welcome to my house. What can I get for you? It was just so beautiful. It's like, well, shame about what? This is. Life, this is my life. I'm great. I get to dance. I'm do, doing exactly what I want. I'm with this beautiful woman. I have a, a two-year-old baby here. It's like, there's nothing to be ashamed. What, what would there be ashamed about? What would, there, what would there be shame about? And, you know, generally, if that happened here, it would be a completely different story. If that happened here... There's no way that guy would let me come to his house. He's like, no, 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 I can't. I'll come to you. I'll come to you. And he would keep this facade up. Or he, you know, the one of the, the you know, you, there's a lot of people that, you know, they don't have a lot of money, but they do have a fucking nice car. They keep up appearances with that nice car. They got nothing else, but they put everything in that car because they keep up the appearance. And they have like a nice chain or something like that. But they're not so much, man. The value of a man, the character of a man, the meaning of life is not what you have of value. It's what you have in your character, in your friends, in your family. In your life, how you enjoy what you have, not what you don't have. You don't, they don't covet what they don't have. And it was, I'll never forget that fucking moment as long as I lived because I knew it right away. That's a lesson. And I, I just talked out. I met him. That happened 11 years ago, 12 years ago. I'm still friends with Oscar. Oscar, oh, he's such a great guy. Love that guy. So full of fucking life. And that's what's great about traveling. Traveling teaches you those things. Opens you up to things you would never see here. 
to other people's lives, the way other people live their lives, that what is valuable to them, what they embrace, the way they live. And what you do is you, you take what you think works for you. Oh, I like that. I don't like that. That's not for me. That's for me. Oh, man, that is for me. <laughs> so for the next month, I learned salsa dancing. I learned, I learned for two months, but for the first month was just, it was so difficult because I had three legs. Um, I would go to these clubs at night and I would take classes during the day and then I would go to these clubs at night and ask these girls to dance. And in the beginning, they're like, yeah, oh, this gringo wants to dance with me. I go, okay, yeah. And then after like three seconds, they realize that I have, uh, that I can't dance. And, uh, it sucked. It sucked, man. But you know the thing that I learned from that is that, you know, nobody's going to remember. This girl, the girls that I asked and that when I was there learning for that month, they don't remember. They, don't, they didn't remember the next day. And you have to go through those moments to get to where you want to get to. And after a month, I remember... I remember this day, or should I just say I remember this night. I'll never forget it because I've been going, I was going out almost every night salsa dancing, couldn't, you know, trying to get the rhythm, trying to get the steps, trying to just get it, you know, and uh, little by little, but, you know, you know, it took, it took a little while. And this one night I met this girl and, uh, she asked me what, what I was doing that night. I go, I, oh, I think I'm going to salsa. I think I'm going salsa dancing. And you want to come? And she's like, okay. She was from Cali. So I'm like, um, I'll pick you up at, you know, whatever, such and such a time. And I went back to the hostel I was staying at, and there was these two girls from, I think they were from Canada. One was from Canada. The other one was from Australia or something like that. And they were leaving the hostel at the same time. And uh, they were like, where are you going? I go, I'm going dancing. And she's like, well, we're going dancing too. I'm like, well, let's go. I'm going to, uh, what was that? Tintindale. It's called Tintindale. And a uh, famous place in Cali. And they're like, let's go together. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm picking up this girl. Um, she's coming. Uh, she's I'm supposed to pick her up. She's, they're like, great. So I went to this place with these three girls. And we got there around 1030 at night. And I didn't stop dancing until they closed the place around four o'clock at night. And I took turns dancing with these girls. And I'll never forget the first girl I danced with. She was like, wow, you're such a good dancer. How long have you been dancing? And I was like, I could just, all of a sudden I could just do it that night. It just, everything came together and I could just do it. <laughs> and I was like, note to self, you see, it's difficult. It's painful in the beginning. But if you persevere, and I had, it was beautiful, man. I danced with these girls all night long. The place closed. We went over to somebody's house somewhere. And we were dancing at that place until the sun rose. And then me and this, me and one of these girls, 
we went outside and the sun was coming up and it started to, to rain, drizzle a little bit. And we were just, the two of us, just walking in the middle of the street and there was nobody, everybody was still sleeping. It was just me and her, the sun was coming up and it was like misting, kind of drizzling just barely and it was just perfect, just perfect. Beautiful night. And it only happened because I had the courage to make a fool of myself where I really didn't make a fool of myself because, like I said, nobody gives a shit. You think everybody's looking at you or something? Nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares. But I, I knew it at that moment, and I was like, it was all worth it. And then I stayed there another, mo another month and had the best time. The best time I stayed there during, they have this festival every year in December over Christmas called Feria, Feria de Cali. And it's just an extravaganza of parties and people dancing and everything you could think about. It's just incredible. Well, that's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. And I'll see you when I see you.